Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Charles. I'm Seth. I'm Chris. And we got a few things to talk about today. It was kind of a, a bit of a busy week in sci-fi with some announcements by uh, Disney and uh, some other uh, famous uh, people that were talked about in the news. And uh, I think uh, maybe we'll talk, turn it over to Chris here to talk about... Uh, Disney's announcement regarding uh, Gina Carano and her character Cara Dune that she plays on The Mandalorian. Yeah, so we're going to rewind a few days here to an Instagram post made by uh, Gina where she's basically uh, comparing uh, conservatives uh, in America basically to being Jewish uh, during the Holocaust. And and this isn't, she's got a track record of saying some silly things and stupid things, but um, you know, she, she writes, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by uh, children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? And not shortly after that, Disney uh, decided that that was, uh, that was enough. That was the final um, straw. Yeah, that was the final straw. And, and I will preface this by saying this isn't her first run in with issues like this and things that she's posted. This has been going on uh, for months. So m- my viewpoint on it is, um, you know, we can draw parallels to other actors all we want, like like uh, her co-star Pedro. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, she hasn't shown really any. Uh, empathy, any remorse, any um, attempt to apologize for things that she said, and she's basically set herself up for this to happen. No one should be surprised that this happened. No. It um, seems like she so, she tends to double down more than anything. She does. She does double down, and I think I think you know Disney gave her um, you know enough rope, and she decided to hang herself with it. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 her call. Um, you can't feel sorry for her. You can't blame really Disney for that. Disney has to draw a line somewhere. And I think when people right. are taking what she says and say, well, okay, so it's not okay for Gina to say this and keep her job, but Pedro can say something else and similar, uh, but nowhere near the same context to keep his job. But I think the difference from, from what I've seen is that Pedro has shown um, that he's looked back and said, you know what, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have said that. And he's apologized about it. He doesn't double down. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, you know, you're right. We, we've discussed this and we've looked at it and, and I was wrong. And we'll even remove the post, whereas Gina will just start racking it up. She will stack it up and say, like, <laughs> no, I'm going to hold my ground. Um, yeah. And you know what? That's, that's her prerogative. She can do what she wants. But ultimately, um, this isn't about freedom of speech. Don't lose your mind about that. It's not about... You know, you can say whatever you want. This is about having consequences for your actions. And it works like right. this at any job. 
Right. You know? Right. Um, and taking responsibility. I mean, yes, for it's your taking actions. responsibility. And yeah. she, uh, right. um, her responsibility for this is that she can no longer work for Disney. Disney won't stand for that. That no. It's common sense to that degree. It's right. nothing to do with free speech. And I think, I think, in fairness to Disney, most businesses would be like that. I know the company I work for. If I were to go out on social media and say a bunch of anti-Semitic things or yep. things that were um, offensive to trans people or the LGBTQ community, yep. um, there would be repercussions for me mm -hmm. for my job. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you, you have free speech in this country. You can go out and say what you want, but that doesn't but mean your businesses yeah. have to go along with it or keep you employed because of you doing it. Now, yeah. I will... go ahead, sir. Well, I was just going to say, like, more along those lines, and Bill, you aren't effectively a representative for your company, right. for a brand sure. that yeah. is kind of become central to a whole, like, larger brand within that company. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you're going to be the face, it comes with some responsibilities there uh, yeah. when you're representing that, that, that business. Um, I, I will also throw in there that I don't agree with some previous pressure that some of these actors get from outside influences where, you know, they want them to make a statement on something where they've historically not said anything publicly about. I don't agree with that. This, this isn't like she should have a certain view because it's the right thing. Um, this is, you know, she said something she shouldn't have said. Sure. Um, I don't agree with, uh, with, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about, a, a, you know, in her in, in her stance, she's trying to defend conservatives and that conservatives are being, you know, you know, Wacky. thrown under their bus or whatever for things that they believe in or whatever. But at the same time, you, you have uh, people on the left that are pushing people to say, you need to agree with me. And I need you to come out and publicly say so. And that's not that's not good either. That's right. that's not that's right horrible. Either, um, and I have seen a little bit of that uh, online as well. And, and I, I will admit, you know, Gina has been a victim of that to some extent uh, as well. So it, it goes a little bit both ways. However, again, she has shown a reoccurring pattern over the last few months um, that she's not going to change her behavior. And I think Disney's in in, in their mind is. This isn't something we can really sustain or keep having to deal with, especially from a you know a PR perspective. And, sure. and Disney's basically you know where she aligns with doesn't fit their their standards or anything like that. There's no future for her there. Right. So why yeah. even bother to keep holding it on, holding on to it, or dragging it out? Just just and, keep doing with it and cut it off. Yeah, mm -hmm. and there there is a also a big difference between conservative views and specific views that are overall very harmful as we've come to see such as right. mask denialism and uh, promoting fraud. the promoting the election conspiracy theory right. like right. so I, I again I think she was given plenty of plenty of rope right um, yep. uh, with the things that she's continued to say and then I think this was uh, this should come of no surprise I don't agree um at all that this is part of cancel culture or any of that nonsense this was she had her opportunities to correct this sure. and she should have known better if she held those views that's fine she shouldn't have used her platform to kind of broadcast that out and again this doesn't come back to free speech just comes back to you are a big you know role in the face of disney 
-hmm. There are people that look up to you and Disney won't stand by someone who's pushing those views out um, that they don't necessarily align with. And that's, that's their prerogative. That's their, that's their decision. And I stand by them on that. In the same way that uh, Twitter or Facebook shouldn't be forced to carry anybody's mm -hmm. comments. Right. Um, And we've seen that, we've seen that shift. Um, uh, even even more recently with uh, this past election season and and incitements uh, mm-hmm. of uh, you know violence that, that broke out into some horrible things that happened under Capitol and mm-hmm. um, you know Twitter and, and Facebook and a bunch of social medias basically said like we we can't be a part of this yeah um, and so they have to drop those people they, yeah. there's no other choice and that's not canceled either there's probably something stopping this but. Uh... Frankly, I'm a, I'm a little surprised Disney didn't have a no politics clause in their uh, contracts with everybody. Anyhow, and they might. They might. I, 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 I 100% guarantee you it's in the fine lines of the contract somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, they're probably fairly loose on things that can be said. Uh, hence, again, yeah, has been afforded a pretty long rope here. Um, well, yeah, but it's there's kids. No, no, I get it. Yeah. But yeah. It it seems uh, I don't know. It, it, if you're on a show that, and I, it probably wasn't their intent with the Mandalorian, because I think it became more family oriented than they expected. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I am a little bit of the opinion that if you're on a family oriented show, you keep the politics out of it. But that's yeah, that's that's hard. It comes mm-hmm. down to the directors and things like that. Um, well, it's hard. I mean, I don't know, but I just, yeah. uh, it, it's not good for business anyway to be e- either side, be pointing out to the seven-year-old that your father's wrong about all his views in life. <laughs> well, aha. Uh-huh. If we want to, there should probably be a comparison here between uh, Gina Carano and Mark Hamill. I mean, yes. both of whom are very vocally active on social media yeah Mm -hmm. i think the big difference though is that while mark hamill loves to dunk on trump and such he's not coming out and saying the the harmful things like masks don't work or uh we're basically jews during the holocaust Right. Yeah, I like, think that, that one seems over the line to me. Yeah, like, there, there's a line there, and I think uh, I struggle with with drawing parallel lines when 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 something happens to an actor and everybody says, "Well, what about this person or what about that person?" Yeah, we yeah. can draw parallel lines all day for a lot of different things, but when right. we when we do that, we stop focusing on the person at in question, right? right. We right. stop focusing on mm-hmm. on why did this happen? How did we get here? And, and how do you move forward from here? If we stop and we don't talk about what Gina said, why it resulted in what it did, um, and we start talking about, and, and, and I agree, Seth, we can draw these parallels, but I, I personally struggle with it because we can talk about Mark Hamill, we can talk about Pedro's comments in the past. Um, and, and if we do that, I, I think it doesn't stop at, well, Mark Hamill said this. It, it, it as you mentioned, there's differences in what has been said historically. There's more context there, right? Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill hasn't hasn't blatantly put out what we know not to be false. 
right he puts out facts and and while he may he may be harsh towards one person or another it's for a particular reason and 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 what have you but it's not something that's really someone should be fired for i don't like someone i'm going to be public about it right mm-hmm. um it's not a you know the conservatives are being persecuted just like jews you know it's not you know election fraud is real and the election was rigged um, it, it's none of that nonsense. So if people can understand that and actually just talk about what Gina posted, what, what her track record is, I think it's stupid. At the end of the day, it was stupid. And, uh, and when you mentioned Pablo a minute ago, we're talking about the, the Mandalorian himself, right? The actor that played yeah. that. Yep. Who, who has said something controversial in the past, but has been remorseful about that, apologized for it, removed the tweet, right? So right. mm-hmm. it's it's different in that, you know, unlike um, Gina Carano, he's not, Pedro Pascal is not doubling down on the things that he says. He's right. grown. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is huge. So meanwhile, Gina Carano is going on to produce, produce, develop, and star in her own project with the daily wire which <laughs> oh is gonna be interesting a piece of garbage let's just call it, for it. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be hot flaming garbage is what it is <laughs> it, it will be but you know there's to them it's a uh, them i hate to i hate to use the word uh, them for conservatives that support gina um it's a message that you can't cancel us right, right. it's a message that i don't need you disney um, and, and realistically, the reality that those people supporting her need to grasp is Disney doesn't need you. Right. Right. <laughs> or, you know, you're not going to be a blip on, you know, you're nothing but a blip on Disney's stock. Right. Um, it's not going to change what happens with Mandalorian in the future. It's not going to change the Star Wars universe. They right. don't need you and they can afford to drop you because of your views. Um, and that's just the reality of it. Um, and, and they need to understand that this isn't a, a time to double down, come out with a show and then push. Presumably, I, I'm just going to make an assumption here, poorly or not, um, you know, come out with a show that's just going to double down on all the crappy things that we said before. Right. You know, uh, well, it is it's too bad that. Um, well, politics and racism is involved here. Because I think it would be fun to have a really, really angry uh, sci-fi reviewer. Oh, there. my God. <laughs> review her new movie? No, no, not review her movie, but somebody that's been outed. And, and just hates everybody that. now. We need more of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because we all have enough of that. <laughs> yeah. But right. just, just for, for movie reviews and such. So, uh we should probably then jump into some of the things uh, going on with uh, Joss Whedon recently then as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. It's been a rough week for Joss Whedon. It, it has been. Yeah. And so I'm if not you want to take that us into that. Aesthetically. Uh, so this, uh, the whole Joss Whedon came kind of back into the news this week uh, because uh, Charisma Carpenter, who uh, have you guys seen Buffy or Angel? Yep, that's right. Uh, I've seen an episode or two, so I'm familiar with the franchise. Uh, uh, yeah, that was in my time. Charisma Carpenter played uh, one of the main characters on both Buffy and on Angel, 
and uh, she kind uh, like if you kind of followed it, you kind of knew like when Angel hit her, like she had some rough stuff going on. And in the, I believe, the fourth season of Angel, uh, she got pregnant in real life, and that became like part of the show. And mm-hmm. she like gives birth to more or less a, a, the big bat, the big villain of the season, which, you know, looking back on it is very on brand for Joss. Mm-hmm. And she dies, like, and he wrote her out. And uh, so what's kind of starting to come out is that uh, this was on brand for Joss for a number for in a number of ways. And this was all kind of all started because uh, the uh, who's the actor uh, in uh, who's the actor of uh, Cyborg in. Justice League. I am bad with names and I should have had this queued up. Uh, no, I am too. Uh, Ray Fisher. I think that... Raymond Fisher. I think that is right. So he accused uh, jo- Joss of uh, unprofessional behavior and, basic- and uh, a few other things. And the, his accusations started an investigation of Joss Whedon by Paramount or Warner Brothers. Turning over stones that nobody wanted to see. And now, now that has been joined on with uh, uh, Charisma Carpenter, uh, added her voice, as did Sarah Michelle Geller, who is the star mm-hmm. of Buffy. Mm-hmm. And Michelle Trattenberg. Yep, who was Buffy's sister, Dawn. And so, so just to, to kind of clarify a little bit what's going on here. So um, his behavior is, it, is, it's not sexual, is my understanding. It's abusive. Uh, um, what? M- Michelle Trachtenberg uh, went on record saying that she was not allowed yep. to be in a room alone with Joss Whedon. Oh, really? That part was pretty creepy. That and that was more <laughs> that was more telling than a lot of things, especially for then. Uh, yeah. That uh, that was kind of a rule. Wow. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that's more recent news. Um, last couple days, maybe. But yeah, that's uh, that's been a thing. Is that the mm-hmm. cast of Buffy there or Angel? Buffy. Buffy. Okay. Huh. So, I mean, th- this is getting around. Like, there's been no cancel of Joss yet, but this is get kind of coming around to, like, how do you, how do you enjoy media and separate that from the creators when they were being sure awful? Like, I mean, I still love Buffy and Angel. The knowledge that Joss Whedon is, and Firefly, but the knowledge that Joss Whedon was probably being a bit of a creeper behind the scenes is kind of takes away from that. But yeah, and and uh, there's another large popular uh, franchise, Harry Potter. People struggle with J.K. Rowling. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I feel like this happens more than we would want to think about. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, it's. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, I'm just trying to, like, I don't know how to deal with that. Like, do you just cut it off? 
and just not think about the person who's making the content that you enjoy um or is you know well i mean you know it's kind of a, a, a similar tack with um uh J.R.R. tolkien right in lord of the rings mm -hmm. um, you know he um it was kind of a racist thing too uh for him and um but you know i still love lord of the rings and the hobbit and all of that kind of stuff so i think i think you can feel bad about the person that's doing these things but still like the programs that what they've created that what they've yeah. created yeah yeah because and and again keep in mind that he's got a part in creating this but it's more than just him doing it it's yeah the actors yeah. and the writers and the yep. um, everybody else that's that's um, contributing to the production of that that effort so to take all of that down because of the actions of one person i think is is not good i think you just have to hold that one person um accountable you know, and, right. and uh, in your mind and and going forward as to whether or not this is the kind of person you want to do business with type of thing yeah like should like should joss whedon get uh, his positions of authority going forward without right. acknowledging the harm that he's caused right or allegedly caused right yep and I don't know what his track record is or response has been to any of this as of late. So um, this has all just been kind of trickling out. So I don't know if he's just lying low right now, but I, I haven't personally seen a lot of response from him yet. Yeah, um, I haven't read any, any response yet either. So there's supposedly, yeah, he's been, his whole response has been through lawyers and that's been no response. Yeah, that doesn't look good. Yeah. If you can't publicly come out, um, and at least acknowledge what is widely like, you know, throw away some of the nuanced, um, uh, well, not throw them away, but, you know, cast aside momentarily some of the nuanced specifics that people bring, especially from the from the Buffy set. But, you know, if you can't speak to what his seems to be largely acknowledges abusive relationships and, and just gross behavior or just, right. you know, abusive behavior. Um, if you could, if you could speak to that, that's one thing. But if he can't speak to that and has to speak through lawyers, that it doesn't look good. Um, but again, that's uh, that's I don't want to fall into the trap, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, of forcing people to come out to say something. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if 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 they don't, if they frankly don't want to. So um, it it speaks for itself. If he has to speak through lawyers, then. Um, you know, let the industry do what it does and they'll decide what projects they do and don't work with them uh, on as well as the actors. But I mean, I think it's very important in uh, in Hollywood anyway for uh, people who are directors and hold these positions of authority to be held to a high standard because like as with we saw uh, Ray Fisher, I think got like part of his thing is he might have gotten dropped from a movie because he came forward and it's like yeah these guys are powerful and if they have mm -hmm. like the power of your career in their hand right. they can abuse that power yeah. oh yeah i've seen that with several directors i i suspect it's hard to get that momentum in, in hollywood because there's a lack of sympathy for hollywood stars right yeah they can fend for themselves kind of thing you don't need the public's help um you know, you made X amount of dollars on such and such movie. It's hard to feel bad that you got dropped from your next film uh, because of whatever. And I, 
I struggle with that, but at the same time, people need to understand that they're people. employees too. Well, they're people, they're like a company, and they can be taken advantage of, and we've seen that time and time again. The yeah. other part, the other part is that's once you've made it, right? I mean, yeah, that's true, right? I mean, he he's, he was holding power over people who hadn't made it yet. Yes. Even when you've made it, you're vulnerable to that. I mean, look sure, at sure. Uh, what happened with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. It was like he was at the height of his career and he was sexually abused and still didn't have like the power he needed to fight back. And so he just kind of, he became a recluse for a decade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now take it from another. Uh, take Bill, it is, from... Bill, you're muted. Oh. Sorry, Wanda. Take it from another perspective. Um, here's a guy. All right. So we were going to talk about Cass Anbar. We, we met him, We actually met him at Wizard World uh, Comic Con in Madison a few years back. I think it was the first year that um, that uh, the show, yeah, the Expanse yeah. took off. And he, there was like no, hardly anybody at his booth. Nobody really knew who they were. We didn't know the expanse was going to be so great, but you know, Bill and I, we really liked it. So we went up, shook his hand. Nicest guy, you, can, nicest guy, didn't didn't come across as anybody you know who was who had power go to his head. And yet something happened when the show became popular and changed him. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Depressing. Bad <laughs> <laughs> day. He was really a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, people are more than just like their one view or their one mistake. And I mean, for a while, like Joss's reputation was that of the guy who he was like the big feminist for quite a while. Yeah. It's like yeah. his famous quote or famous response, like when a, uh, reporter asked him well why do you do these female-centric projects and have these powerful or the you tell these and he's like because you keep asking these quest this question i like that that was his reputation for so long but then like finding out that he wasn't practicing it, he might not have been practicing what he, <laughs> what preaches, he preached that's yeah it's like a lot of us loved joss just because but I mean, yeah, you kind of look back at uh, Buffy and Angel and you see that a lot of the female characters get really beaten up in that, whereas the male characters are not well, uh, treated in the same way. You go, back, you go back 20 years and the culture was different. It, yeah, and I think... I've, I've, I've made the mistake, of, or not a mistake, but... Um, <laughs> Buffy's closer to 30 years now. <laughs> oh my God. But there, there's quite a few old movies. There, there's old movies that I've wanted um, kids I know to watch. Because in my mind, they were good kids shows. And I've, I've pre-watched them and went, oh my God. I can't. <laughs> this isn't good for a college kid now. <laughs> Can you guys hear me now? Yes. What's that? Okay. Oh. Yeah, I think... Uh... You know, with respect to the the actors um, and whether or not they're um, top tier actors or you know just getting started, I think regardless of who yeah. you are, you deserve certain work workplace protections, and yeah. mm -hmm. uh, yeah. be irrelevant as to what your you know 
what level you've reached in your career mm -hmm. as to whether or not you're entitled to those protections or not. And if you don't get them, those people that, that violate that should be held accountable for it. So agreed. Yeah. I mean, there's always a bigger fish. There is. You're right. never, I don't think you're ever so big that there can't be someone who can take advantage of you. Right. Right. Well, no, but there might be, there might be, I, I, I think I might be of the opinion that there is a certain size where you are supposed to fight it with some of these. I mean, that might be what's happening here with some of this. Oh, you mean when you reach a certain level of prominence, you have more um, ability I mean, to go public with what's happened? Yeah. Cause if you're, if you're just a regular person, yeah, it's hard to, I mean, it is, yeah, you can be destroyed pretty easy, but uh, sure. if you're just going to lose a few movie gigs and you're still right, terribly fine, right, um, it probably is time to speak out. Yeah. If you're, well, if you're, well, you know, I think the Me Too movement made a big difference. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Ben. And it, that, no, that's okay. And if you're, you know, a popular actor, you've probably got a huge following on social media. So when you make a statement about what's going on, it has a far wider distribution, right? right? And uh, <clears throat> yeah, and, and people take notice. Which kind of brings <clears throat> us back to Gina Carano. <laughs> right. right. Yes. So once you get that circle. megaphone, right. maybe don't use it to... to say that uh, you, you're like a Jew during the Holocaust. Right, right. Don't do that. That one move, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, listen, uh, we should probably uh, talk about some news uh, this week. It was really, really exciting for me. And that was to see that uh, Rebecca Ramjin and Ethan Peck are in Toronto. Um, uh, starting now, and uh, supposedly they are going to be very quickly start um, uh, rehearsing for the new Star Trek series, Strange New Worlds. And, uh, that is a baby face Spock. Yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> He's a, a youngin. Yeah. He looked, uh, he looked much older with the beard. He did. But yeah, yeah. but then... Uh, you know, he didn't have a beard in the original series, so at some point he would have had to shave it off. I, because only I the mirror universe why, like, Spock completely changed up how Klingons look. So, yeah, but they yeah, did I'm that still on that. Yeah. Still on it. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Drop it. Leave it. Nope. Gotta ride that horse nope. all over town. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of a, a poor decision the way they did the Klingon to Discovery. I wasn't a fan of that either. No, uh, go, going outside in my kilt when it's negative eight degrees outside, that's a poor decision. <laughs> Doing what they did to Klingons at the beginning of Discovery was something else entirely. Now, now the way you say that, that Seth, makes, leads me to believe that you have gone out in your kilt in this weather. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was the uh that was the implication. Right. <laughs> That's a bold move. That is a bold move. <laughs> One I instantly regret. Or a stupid move. I'm not sure which. <laughs> it was okay, not the brightest look... thing I've done recently. Oh, does he look older he in this one? I don't, yeah, so there, there's different pictures, and the ones that make them look younger, I'm struggling with, but this one actually looks more appropriate, I guess. I do not yeah. like that font. 
<laughs> that font is pretty awful. Well, you can blame this uh, yeah, nice Trek art down here. Yeah, yeah. whoever put the artist and you're watching this was not. It's not okay. No. Sorry to Gazami art, Trek art. But you know, while we're on the while we're on the topic, we don't of diss this, anybody on the show. What show have you been listening to, Linda? <laughs> <laughs> well, John was not here today, so I thought, thought we could stay positive. <laughs> um, yeah. While we're on the subject of Strange New Worlds, um, it's uh, supposedly going to have a different format um, instead of what we've kind of grown accustomed to now uh, in this modern streaming era is a series that have a season-long arc. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. obviously you don't have to worry about catching a, a show on a specific date that it's re- day that it's released and then not have access to it anymore. So in the past when you would do series you pretty much had to do the story of the week otherwise if uh, uh, a viewer missed an episode they had no way to go back and get it but now with streaming on-demand streaming you can watch all your stuff at any time that suits you so typically now we see a lot more season-long arc type shows at least in the star trek genre and um, with strange new worlds though they're kind of going back uh, to the original series style of storytelling where it's uh, an episode of the week, you know, monster of the week, planet of the week or whatever. And um, I know, Chris, you mentioned you had some thoughts on that. And Yeah. So for me, I enjoyed the shift when we went into a lot of streaming for series. The, sher- the series were, were shorter, but you had a, a better overall written story. So mm-hmm. instead of, you know, 20, 30, whatever episodes, uh, you know, you're in your eight to, to somewhere less than 20, um, but you had a really uh, stretched out story arc that was really, really good. Um, I'm I'm optimistic with uh, Strange New Worlds. If they have a lot of episodes to tell a lot of different stories, um, it gives a lot of opportunity to kind of just, you know, you can have different directors or producers for each episode that kind of have a certain way of how they write the story or, or, or something they wanted to see happen. There's a lot of opportunity there and you can deviate from not just having to follow this one arc. But yeah. um, I, I don't want to see something like that if it's going to be a short series, you know, a short season. Um, to me, I'd rather see a larger story arc. Yeah, you know, um, I was yeah. I was just reading something about that, um, that very subject uh, a couple of days ago. And I was discussing the fact that a lot of series now, like whether you talk about, you know, uh, The Mandalorian or you talk about some of the Star Trek series that are out now or um, um, what else? Uh, the Expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, they have shorter seasons because the production quality and production values are so much higher now with mm-hmm. HD yeah. that there's a a much bigger investment uh, from a studio perspective uh, in the cost of each episode. And so in order to mitigate that expense, they do fewer episodes at a much greater quality. And I, my impression is that we're probably going to see the same thing with strange new worlds in that they're going to maintain that high quality that we've come to expect from, you know, Star Trek, 
Discovery or Star Trek Picard or whatever. And that as a result, because of the expense involved, that it's probably similarly going to be a shorter season. But And I would I would argue for lowering that production quality for a longer series. Because what we don't see, any, see anymore is you don't have any long-running series like, like DS9 or The yeah. Next Generation uh, or Voyager, for that matter, where the production quality wasn't as high. Right. Uh, but you had a really long story to tell. So, and that's, sure. I guess that's kind of the thing. If, if they plan on doing a short one for um, uh, Strange New Worlds, I'd rather have an overarching um, thing. But, but if I would also at the same time like to see um, a longer running series, and, and, and maybe it's just easier these days to do short ones, that way they can change direction easier. Um, or decide whether or not they're going to continue it or something like that. So, do you yeah. think? Do you think though that we've already gotten so used to the high production values that to step it down would? Yeah, be... I do. I do wonder about that because I do enjoy it. Um, I yeah. finally just started watching Picard, um, and I was actually extremely impressed with the production value of it. Yeah, right. yeah. It was, so... it was higher than I expected. Mm -hmm. It was. It was phenomenal. And yeah. and you're right. I think mentally, I set that as the new baseline. Right. You know, if you're yeah. going to make another Star Trek series, I want it at this level because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, that, that I think is the problem is that mm -hmm. these new shows, the production values are so high and they're so good. And mm -hmm. yet you have such a short season that when it, it, it just goes by so fast and then you've got to wait another year for it to come yeah. back. And it's just just agonizing because you really want to watch it more. So yeah, I, I struggle with that on other shows, not just, um, you know, some of the sci-fi things, but I'm a big fan of, um, you know, serial murder type, serial killer type shows, um, yeah. uh, detective type shows and, th and things like that. Um, but I, I grew up on more law and order, right? But then now Netflix and all these other TV shows have these murder mysteries that are like 10, 12 episodes, but they're so well done. Yeah. The production quality is so high, mm -hmm. um, but I feel sad when I have that gap. I have to wait nine months for the next. Right. So have you given up? On. Do you think you've given up on a show because of production value? Because <sighs> I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I think I, when you're watching a show, on if it's a crawl. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Crawl had lots of problems. We lost <laughs> that to the end. I know it. <laughs> like we did, but you know, let's face well, it, the production values back then were pretty low. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, now we're kind of in a day when you can get really high-looking production values without spending a whole lot. There are. This is true. We're there are people. There are yeah, kids on YouTube who are doing things that would have blown people's mind yeah, just like yeah years I, I, ago. I I don't yeah I don't think that's a game changer for, for me anyway what it would be is because I I have gone back I'm trying to think of some well, sci-fi is the same but you know like if I go back and try to watch the Rockford files now the uh the the sound on it's just agonizing the way they do sound Picture effects quality is <laughs> agonizing well, well, it is because it'll be loud and and soft, and it's not even the consistent. next gen. And if you watch it on what we were watching it on before, Bill, well, it was, it was everything or... was like blurry, and it's like this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of course. different whether they whether they preserve the original format, yeah, or they try to blow it up to full screen. 
Right. Yeah, you, you make can it look really bad crops. And yeah. uh, Disney's actually struggled with that a little bit, bringing, since they're, you know, rolling in their entire library, they've had some older shows where they will just present it as four by three because the only other edition that they have is a really crappy cropped right. uh, edition of a show. So right. it's a mixed bag, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I think uh, I'd personally rather watch it four by three ratio rather than have them try to blow it up and do a, a bad crop and and uh, it's blown up so that it's even more pixelated than it was back in the four by three ratio era, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Babylon 5 just did, or came out with their remaster and that's up on HBO Max now. Oh, yeah? Have you watched they, it? I've watched some of it and it looks good. Yeah, uh, and they've kept the original like on the like when they were filming it is when they like when they were making the jump from four by three to okay that's right recording yep. in the larger screen. So a lot of the episodes they did keep that aspect ratio, hmm. but they upped the they remastered it and upped the resolution. Right. Right. And of course, don't look for that show on CBS All Access because. It's not anymore. Yeah, CBS, CBS All Access is uh, going away. Well, I say going away. They're transforming into Paramount Plus, um, where they will have uh, full access to all of the Paramount Studios movies, as well as all of the CBS series. So, mm -hmm. And uh, I think the, the thing that's really nice about that for me is seeing um, all of Star Trek, the movies, the TV shows and everything now all under one umbrella. And, um, and I think they're, uh, they're starting to do it right in the way that they're creating this Star Trek universe now. So I think with the Star Strange... Trek expanded universe. Yeah. Cinematic universe. Well, I mean, look, we've got, we've got discovery and Picard that are already out there. Uh, Strange New Worlds is starting filming. So CBS uh, slash Paramount uh, will have potentially three Star Trek live action Star Trek series running at the same time. Um, None of which are happening after. Can we talk about how bad these commercials Art. were during the Super Bowl? Oh, my God. I love these commercials. <laughs> I loved every single one I did love one this of them. one. I, I thought when they, they, were, get to the they were comically bad, but... Yeah. Yes, I think I think they were supposed to be comically yeah. bad. So yeah, they're climbing the Paramount Mountain, and at the top, here's Colbert making martinis. <laughs> martinis. <laughs> I thought it was pretty hilarious. Um, so yeah, that was uh, for those that didn't see it. That was uh, a a uh, shot of uh, one of the Super Bowl ads in which uh, CBS or Paramount Plus announced their new streaming service starting in March. So. Uh, if you already have CBS All Access, you'll automatically be Paramount Plus in March. Uh, and if not, if you haven't subscribed yet and you're a new subscriber, they're going to give you half price uh, for a year, I think, for the first year. Yeah, about 30 bucks for a year. Wait, yeah. so since I'm on there now, I can't have half price for a full year? I think if you call them, you might be able to negotiate something. Either that or you just go out, go off and rejoin, you know, so... Rejoin, cancel your account, rejoin as Katie. There you go. Yeah. Lay sigh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are there are ways. Of so what do you think will happen with, um, you know, obviously the pandemic changed a lot for movie theaters. You've got, you know, 
AMC, which was going bankrupt and, you know, stonks to the moon and now they've gotten out of their debt, you know, that whole craziness. <laughs> sure. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, does someone buy AMC going forward to put their movies in? Does Paramount start to release simultaneously on their platform as well as in the theater going forward? What do we think is going to happen? Because I don't think it's going to go back to the way it was. I don't they either. all had to pivot in the last <clears throat> year. I think um, I think with with um, HBO Max doing that, releasing simultaneously on theaters and on streaming, the other services are going to have to follow suit if they're going to be competitive. And um, I think the I think the the cat's out of the bag in that respect now, which I think is good because you know the way I do it is if there's a huge blockbuster movie like maybe it's a new Star Wars film or something mm -hmm. like that. I'm going to go see that in the theater. Same here. But, you know, after I see it in the theater, I'm going to come home and maybe two days later, I might want to watch it streaming just to say, right. okay, let me watch it again and pick up all the little things that I missed. Yeah. Um, so you'll be, well, what that will translate into is them like seeing smaller box offices. So we will, that would kind of relate to the big well, box actually that, that revenue that away. that box office will shrink but they're yeah. picking up subscribers at the same time so they do have a constant flow of revenue regardless and well, i'm just I, saying yeah we won't see the big uh oh this is the biggest movie ever kind of thing like where the I the think, old I think that's uh, fair. yeah it, yeah, it that's used fair. to be who could knock what movie off of that number one box office weekend throne? Well, or, or they're going to start doing it like, what, what was that movie, Clue? Where they uh, yeah. you have a different ending if you watch it at home. Oh, that would be a good <laughs> oh, thing. That would actually be pretty interesting, yeah. Different experience uh, for that. Uh, unless, like, I could see that going bad, though, as if, you, if one was a bad or worse experience than the other. So, like... You got the bad ending to Clue if you watch it in on the streaming, but if you want to see the good ending, go see it in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, right. I think it'll force. Um, so, like for me, growing up, it was always just the experience and the big screen and stuff like that. Yeah. I think if, if theaters need to continue to change uh, and grow for what they've done, you know, I mean, we have the Alamo out here in Omaha and a few other places around the nation, and they've really changed with experiences i'd like to see more of that so for mm -hmm. me i continue to go to the movies even though I, I watch a lot of stuff at home now i continue to go because it would be like a dinner date night out or something i can have somebody make my dinner and i can sit there and i can eat it and i can watch it um and, yeah. and that, that's great for me and uh i don't see that going away and i think there's plenty of people out there that are still like that that still will go see the movie in the theater um i do think theaters um I, I'm going to start, I'm going to guess that we're going to see the likes of Disney or Amazon start buying up these theater companies. Um, because if you think about it, that completely gives them control of that entire space. Yeah. Right. They, they have uh, streaming on any other device and they have the theater and they, they, they basically completes their portfolio of how to get their content out. They control that whole distribution ecosystem. Yep. But then that, that doesn't translate into quality for us though potentially not and that's that's a challenge that's why i bring it up is like what 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 happens to the future with that knowing that that some of them are gonna have to make that play yeah know? so yeah disney buys up alamo 
and like the experience there changes, which is bad. And but then maybe they only showed the new Justice League movie on one screen while the competing uh, Avengers movie is on six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting. I, I don't know if it's ultimately good for us in the long run. It's good for them, uh, potentially. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be crazy, but but uh, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what gets released in theaters, continuing going forward versus on screen, or like was mentioned with with clearly alternate endings uh, presented, or the extended version of a movie being shown in the theater and the shorter version being shown, you know, on on streaming services until X date or something like that. Yeah. Um, or we'll see like the delayed releases where it's available in theaters for the first 30 days or something like that or for the first week or two. If you want to see it first, you got to go to the theater and then it'll be available on streaming or something. So I, uh, I don't know. Me, I, I will still go. Or, I, I, like I'm seeing uh, somebody finally pairing my meal with the movie. <laughs> sort of like <laughs> picking the wine to go with your dinner yeah so if it's a, yeah so i don't know i don't sci-fi is a little hard to pair i think but uh well it yeah, works you know. does it with their drinks yeah, yeah all of those got special drinks. drinks for every movie okay, well, they have yeah. themed starters as opposed to ads before i love alamo yeah alamo's great yeah, it's it, been a while the drinks are too expensive. I'm just yeah. I have to throw that out there. They are just yeah, too but expensive. Just, but like the beers just, aren't any more expensive than well, you the beers. The bar. beers aren't, but the specialized drinks that they have. Hell yeah, but but I mean, what are you gonna do? I, I go there for that experience. At the end of the day, that's that's why I'm there. Like, and I will have to pay that. It's just, like, I haven't been to Alamo in a year now. I wish I could go there and just like do the whole dinner and a movie thing. Yeah, same here. Uh, they've got a good mac and cheese there. They do. <laughs> now I'm hungry for mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> we got a we got a band talking about uh, food this close to the lunch hour on our show. It's been a year since this guy looked like this. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I don't see any gray hair on that head. And that was way more than a year since I looked like that. That was like what? That was like two years ago. I know that that was closer to three, probably. Where was I? I think I think COVID did it to him. (laughs) Wow. How we've changed. When it happens, it happens fast. Apparently. So I see. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, about I was it. gonna say you got you guys are throwing an awful lot of stones for living in your glass house. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill hasn't has looked like he looks now for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been gray since I was twenty. His marriage. Incidentally, right after he met me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that Linda's the one who points this out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for my family i might have another 10 years at best uh, yeah got a little bit of gray that pops up now but uh in my family right around 40 45 or whatever they start to go completely gray and oh, it's like geez. an overnight thing yeah, yeah I, went for, I went much faster than <laughs> yeah i went much faster than uh the rest of my family did but that's because of the rest of your family it probably is yeah yeah <laughs> So let's see what else is going on. Uh, the Expanse. We haven't talked about the Expanse. The ending of that. I haven't 
Linda and I haven't seen the final episode yet, but I think Chris and uh, yeah. Bruce, you guys have, right? And have you, yeah. Seth? I have only seen the first three episodes of okay. the latest season. So were you guys happy with the ending? I think, Chris, you had mentioned. Yeah, I was happy with the ending. It, it sets up nice for the next uh, season. Um, the uh, the battle between you know Mars and the Belters and Earth is not quite over yet. If anything, it's just beginning. Um, obviously, the Expanse in this season saw some new technology with hiding weapons, which caused some uh, pretty uh, uh, significant attacks on Earth. And the way the series ends is um, that's not over. Um, you know, uh. they touch on it early on. Um, and then there's uh, some attempts to uh, rescue one of the other crew members. Naomi gets stranded on a ship. Yeah. Um, and in that, uh, um, are we doing spoilers? Yeah, we can go, go ahead. ahead. We'll in that ready. rescue attempt, unfortunately, um, Alex gives all he has as a pilot. Um, and uh, during a uh, significantly hard burn, he strokes out, which is a thing that can happen. Um, in this world, in this universe of the expanse, um, when you do these hard burns, um, but he does it um, being the uh, quote unquote uh, brave idiot, uh, <laughs> as Naomi calls him, and uh, um, it, it was for the right reasons. He he did what he did um, to save a member of his crew, and unfortunately, it cost him uh, stroking out on a final hard burn uh, to get to her in time to save her. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, um, you know, we touched on why Alex is exiting that show a little bit early on, but um, you know, that's the big loss for the season. Like every, every season so far, it's going to have like that one character you're kind of attached to. And I think they kind of set up for early on. There was a lot of, um, you know, personal things that, that they were dealing with with every character in, in this season of the expanse. And ultimately um, it was almost like at the first couple episodes, you knew somebody had to die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, um, and is uh, next season, the last season, I think. I think well, so. Yeah. I think so. And yeah. it sets the stage for what's going to happen there. Um, uh, uh, what's her name? Avisalara. Avisalara. Yeah. Um, she rises to the top uh, in this season, uh, back to a position of power. And um, she, she means well. Um, I don't know how well she's going to do, but she does give kind of a speech uh, near the end. There's a scene where you kind of think it's going to wrap up here, and, and they're talking um everyone's gotten back from their from their hard mission right and they're all sitting around they're having drinks there's a nice little welcome back party or whatever everyone kind of was successful in some manner in their mission and um she stands up and looks around at the room and basically is like this is our future this is how we beat um the, the terrorist if you will um is by combining you know bringing together belters uh martians and uh you know people from earth uh, to be able to sit all in the same room and have a good time and, and co-mingle and, and love one another. And, and then mm -hmm. shit hits the fan uh, at, the, at, the, huh. at the very end. And you realize that like, yeah, this, this is going to be an uphill battle um, against them and the fight's not over yet. Um, yeah. That's my take on it. It was very good uh, season and uh, I, I enjoyed it, but it was pretty suspenseful. Really, huh. really suspenseful. They gave you like maybe a 10 minute break. Wow. Right. wow is one of my favorite characters yeah like, she is the whole show me too yeah. just because she's been so complex mm -hmm. like, she's been that mover and shaker behind the scenes she was the president for a while but didn't do well at it yeah uh she's the it, it there, there's very good characters throughout the whole thing uh 
and like that's one of the reasons i love the expanse so much is because they're they all have their flaws and they play so well into mm -hmm. it plays so well into what they do and why they do it mm -hmm. so let me ask you this Seth. what did you think of her taking back her right hand uh military advisor guy after he stabs her in the back uh is that later on in the season uh yeah i think it's right. uh it's a little yeah it is a little bit later on in the season then i would something know. it basically stabs her in the back and when she rises back to power she returns back to him her excuse or her reasoning for doing so because he even looks at her like you know hey um he basically she advised against taking a certain action and um he went ahead and did it anyways mm -hmm. and it was it was it definitely pissed her off and Ultimately, after all was said and done, after some other events unfold, she rises back to power and she comes back to his office and is like, hey, I need you at my side still. And he's like, why would you do that? Because, you know, I just stabbed you in the back. You uh, that, I mean, that is Avasarala's character, though. Yes. She's mm -hmm. incredibly that, well, that made, practical. That made perfect sense to me, even honestly, because when he was in charge there, when they went to that period where everybody was a yes man, right? And she rebels. Yep. Yeah, like, I think that was part of her excuse. She said she needed someone that would not necessarily contradict her, but to be the other side of the coin, if you will, to yeah. to give her that that tough advice or make some of those hard calls. Yeah, you need um, somebody to argue with you if you're going to be a good leader. I mean, you. Yeah, just... I, I still don't agree with with the decision that, that he made or what he was trying to do. Um, it was definitely the wrong call, but. Um, Plus, isn't it a good idea to have your your enemies close instead of. Keep your friends close and your enemies Keep your friends closer. close and your enemies close. Was an enemy at that point to me, from my viewpoint. Yeah. For for doing what he did, uh, which cost other people their lives, and it was basically a retaliation move. They they had a military retaliation right. uh, decision to make. Yeah. That it wasn't the right one to make, and um, you know those people that they're going to retaliate against are practically innocents in a war. And uh, he was like, "Well, we got to send a message," and she was like, "That's not the message to send." Right. Um, so. He did it anyways, and um, that really, you know, as you can imagine, jaded her, but she still went back to him at the end. Uh, and likely, larger part of it is to the point is she trusts him. You know, it, it, regardless of the decision he made, I think she still trusts him at the end of the day. So, well, if she thinks it. that she needs him, she yeah. like she's very practical and she will use whatever tools she has. Yeah. Yeah, if anything, yeah, he's a, he's a tool that, that's definitely effective. So. Even it, if she doesn't like him, she'll use him. Is it that guy sitting next to her? Uh, no, it's, uh, gosh, I can't, I always blink on his name. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Because he was the one that was a. I don't remember him exactly her. myself now. That? Yeah, that's what made me think it was an, an enemy. Yeah, there. There was a really good uh, part in one of, like, it was just kind of a throwaway thing in the, in one of the first couple episodes that I saw, but uh, when the reporter was kidnapped and Holden finds yeah. like, something she left behind and he just like presses the button and activates it. And uh, <laughs> the guy's like, is this just what you do? <laughs> yeah. <Press buttons>? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? It, this is me. <laughs> It's like, yeah, holding, holding yeah, presses the goddamn button all the time. <laughs> Ooh, it's a shiny switch. Right? <laughs> uh, fair with me. No, I, I can't but, blame him there. Yeah. 
but I think her move was definitely in character, and I think it. Uh, I, I think even in real life that would have made sense, so to speak. You want to have somebody that speaks against you in your panel. Well, most leaders do. Yeah. There are, yeah. There is one I can think of. That there are some who don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> that's, otherwise, that's what you become. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I. We've kind of been distracted with a lot of other stuff that we've been watching lately, and uh, we're watching that uh, that series, uh, The Alienist. Has anyone seen that? Um, that's the new one, right? Yeah, it takes place in like line. 1896, and so an alienist is oh, I love it. Someone that deals with um, mental oh, no. disorders, um, and so it's it's a murder mystery, today. and. Uh, so it's it's uh, pretty interesting. It's good. Um, yeah, no, I haven't seen watching. that one. There was another one though. I was just thinking of with the guy from Firefly, um, a new show that he's in. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, uh, Alan Tudyk. Yes. Alien, Resident Alien. Resident Alien. Thank you. I got to start that one. That one looks like it's going to be good. Now, yes. what? What's Which uh, streaming service is that on? Uh, Isn't this awful? Now, where do I need it's to watch sci -fi, that? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so that? It's sci-fi, so... That is sci-fi. Okay. So we'll have to uh, wait for that to drop on Netflix or something. Yeah, there's... You guys need to watch WandaVision. Yes. Oh, yeah. So tell us what's going on there, Seth. Uh, give us kind of the broad strokes of that. All right, so... Uh, spoilers you guys i've already spoiled you guys but warning sure. for anyone else uh so wandavision uh starts off is uh disney's uh kind of it, it's going to be serving as the bridge between phase three and phase four of whatever's happening next in the marvel universe and in it or in our in uh infinity war uh vision died got the the mind stone ripped out of his head and then thanos snapped and so the last we saw of vision he was dead and the last we saw of wanda she had survived uh she'd survived endgame and was mourning and so wanda vision starts off mm. with a 1950s style uh sitcom with Wanda and Vision having this, uh, or both being there, and Vision is alive, and sort of like uh, a Dick Van Dyke style fifties. Uh, yeah, Dick Van Dyke sitcom. style fifties. Horrible. Thing. And so Vision's there, Wanda's <laughs> there. Neither of them seem know seem to know how they got there or have any real memories prior to being there. Mm -hmm. Weird. And so every episode, it the show the show's style progresses another decade but as you go the, you're seeing these little glimpses that's definitely something's off but what's off you'll see uh in the black and white episodes there'll be certain things that have color in them like blood and there'll be all these little hints like on the picture that linda show linda's got up right now you can kind of see this little logo on that toy, uh, the toy helicopter. Mm -hmm. And uh, Wanda will hear, 
yep, Wanda will hear things through the radio. And it isn't until like the fourth episode where they take you out. Like certain characters in the shows will act off and be like not fit in with the aesthetic of the episode or not really be getting it. But it isn't until the fourth episode that you find out kind of what's going on, what's really going on. Hmm. In that there has been a hex established around this town hmm. that inside is this alternate reality. And uh, this, and the people that are inside the alternate reality don't realize it? They do. Okay. Mm, don't know if I want to spoil that for you since you haven't <laughs> okay. seen it. All right. Uh, because even I don't know what's going on with that yet. Right. We don't really, we know there's something going on. We know Wanda's doing it somehow, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> there's a lot of, there are still a lot of questions up in the air. Like they've, every time they answer something, there's three more things. But outside this hex, this town has basically gone missing people's memories have been rewritten as to the existence of the town huh. and there's this the organization sword s-w-o-r-d is looking into it and they've had a character monica rambeau who we last saw in captain marvel uh, she was the daughter of uh, Captain Marvel's friend, who Air Force friend, and all grown up now. Uh, but she went into and out of the hex, mm. and so something about her has changed. And uh, let's see. But the kind of the big thing is that uh, in the fifth episode, I believe. Pietro Quicksilver comes back into the show and he like he he died in Age of Ultron but mm. when he comes back into the show the actor who plays him is the guy who did Quicksilver from Days of the Future Past in the Fox X-Men movies mm. So, so you think this is going to be a bridge then between the Marvel Universe and the X-Men Universe? I think this is where we're going to see that bridge start to happen because we know the next couple big movies have to deal with the multiverse. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness mm -hmm. and uh, the next Spider-Man movie is supposed to be a multiverse gig as well. So... This, like, there's been some speculation that Wanda is the villain in uh, Multiverse of Madness. And there's, like, there's definitely comics. There's all sorts of comics lore that's tied to this that they're bringing in. Like, in, the, in WandaVision, she has a pair of twins. And that happens in, back in the comics. Hmm. And in the comics she loses those twins like her and vision they lose those twins and that fractures her mind uh, to the point where they basically remove all memory of the twins from her uh -huh. and then much like a couple decades later 
she remembers those and they cause a full full breakdown in Wanda and mm-hmm. she creates an entirely new alternate reality and changes pretty much everything. So what is her power exactly? That is ill-defined, <laughs> which is part of the problem with the show. Okay. Like there's like, or not the, not the problem with the show, but the problems presented in the show, mm. because what they're seeing is far, far beyond what, uh, she's she has shown that she can do before but they also mentioned hey she went toe-to-toe with thanos and probably would have killed him if he hadn't have bombarded the area like she could have she could have one-manned thanos (laughs) fair yeah and so they don't know what she's capable of and that's part of the problem is you don't like even want in the show even wanda doesn't know at the beginning that she's responsible for any of this right Mm -hmm. like she's in there but as the show goes on you can she's like almost gaining some control over things okay and then in the most recent episode she displays a lot of power so we still don't know like what her limits are was she has she been been manipulated into this is there are there other things at play is she going full villain is she having a mental breakdown gotcha well we'll have to we'll have to go back and check it out because uh linda and i watched the first two episodes but then (laughs) in in my mind it was just like you know uh there wasn't a long point to the whole thing it was like almost like Sometimes an individual... you got to keep on pushing yeah it was like an individual dick van dyke style show <laughs> only with superheroes with the laugh and tracks but still have so guys know, and I'm, I'm, looking like, at, I'm looking at wikipedia here <laughs> yeah and it said the critical response the first two episodes were good third and fourth were were, were uh dropped uh dropped quite a bit and the fifth what? comes up yeah, I was saying that earlier on that 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 reviews about right heading into three could have been because of the first two, where people were just kind of done with it. But yes. it is rebounding from what I've heard. So I something give it time, I guess. You know, right? I don't know why. Like in the first two episodes, there's just a ton of stuff to pick out. Like if you're watching it, like it's all about the like maybe the it's just the episodes, style that people have about like to. setting that tone of what the hell's going on. Yeah, like yeah. like maybe know, if you're like watching it, going, "Oh, this is just its own kind of thing," where they're just yes. going to go through the. But yeah. no, it's all in the first two episodes. It's all about the hints that they're dropping. Okay. Like when they can't they get past the laugh track. On yeah, the hints, laugh track. One, the one thing I do see a lot of, which again, I I haven't watched it myself, but the uh, a couple guys at work uh, in in our, in our weekly chat or whatever they brought up you know hey pay attention to the ads that they're airing on the television and things oh. like that they say there's a lot of things that they're dropping in there to pay attention to in each episode that's painting oh. a pretty interesting, interesting picture i guess so um uh including things on stark and and some other events that they can be pulled from some of the other movies so oh. that that's another thing i've been told that they're they're dropping all these Easter eggs, all these little yeah. things everywhere. So I, I haven't watched yet, but I, to Seth's point, there's so much that they're throwing in there 
Uh, I guess it's easy to be distracted by the laugh tracks and, and the style of the filming and everything like that. Yeah, it's just like I'm not. I, guess I, I don't this. understand that per se, <laughs> but if it's if it's one of those things where you have to watch it to the end, then I guess it is yeah. what it is. Uh, I think it's it's a one shot deal. I'm pretty sure. Like you don't know, like however it's going to end, it's going to shake stuff up in the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time that Disney's actually done like the series the tv series affecting the movies going forward yeah but i think this is the inciting this is going to be the inciting incident for phase four and like we're going to see new characters do you know what's mm -hmm. supposed to happen in phase four uh all, well we know we've got the slate of movies we like i said we've got multiverse of madness uh the new spider-man mm -hmm. uh love and thunder like they aren't all going to be related to this, but it's going to be like what starts things off. I see. So I, I miss whether this was canceled or still going. But what what about, um, you know, you mentioned that this is going to be the first time they're using like a TV show to kind of shape the direction of that. Um, you know, what what happened with Agents of Shield? Agents of Shield was marginal would reflect the what was going on in the movies uh -huh. but no one from the movies ever acknowledged anything from agents of shield yeah I thought which... that, so for me that's interesting because now they have this one vision where it's all being kind of acknowledged and they're and they're shaping things going forward and i just kind of you know i personally you know for what people hoped agents of shield would ultimately tie in better or do more with that especially with the popularity behind Coulson, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of disappointed to, to not see that, that that Agent of Shield maybe wasn't used to to leverage that uh, as kind of a springboard to change direction on things. But it is what it is. They were already probably too far into it. To yeah, change. and a I think Agents of Shield is done now. Like they yeah, had think, their last season. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I I burned out on Agents of Shield probably three quarters of the way through, I think, started getting a little weird. Yeah, um, I, I think Disney decided to, like, once they had Fox back, I think they might have decided to just, like, cut the Inhumans angle from that. And that's what they were, how they were trying to basically get mutants into the MCU was through the Inhumans. And it just didn't pan out. But now that they've got the x-men back it's a whole lot better for them to get the x-men in somehow and i'm guessing that this is like we've <clears throat> now that we've we've seen like quicksilver from those x-men movies right so it's starting to all come together yeah that's <clears throat> our first big hint that this is a multiverse thing because in the show they they make it a big point to establish that wanda cannot create cannot create matter but she can rearrange it basically however she wants hmm. but she, so it's like she can't just create a person whole cloth mm -hmm. but if she sees a person she could rearrange them yeah she can <clears throat> basically uh control their mind i see but quick the uh, guy who plays quicksilver like there's no there's no person in this town for her to have done this where the hell did he come from Hmm. so she couldn't have created him right. he's not her dead brother <laughs> but he is he does like have the speed powers and 
Like huh. we don't know if she can just confer powers yet. Hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So like there's so much going on and it's my favorite thing right now. So is the so how many more episodes in the season? Uh, I do not know. If I had to guess I'd say it's a ten season or a ten episode uh, season. Uh it's like they're showing eight right really. now, but I don't know if that's the final count. Okay. So they ought to be near about the end, right? Yeah, things are heating up really fast. All right. <clears throat> well, we'll have to jump back in and give it another shot. Try to get yeah, past. Yeah, it looks like eight episodes, two. so there's two left. Okay. All right. Well, we'll check it out, and then uh, maybe we can talk about the uh, the finale in a couple of weeks. We really should. All right. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Sound good. We'll watch it. All right. Well, we should probably uh, wrap it up. I think we've been going for about our usual amount of time here. So yeah, it you know, was a good, 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 yeah, was a good discussion. A lot of good, good things we talked about. So, well, thank you guys again for uh, joining and talking about what's going on in the uh, in the sci-fi horror and superhero universe. Very interesting, and uh, we will look forward to seeing everybody. Uh, again in two weeks and we'll have some more interesting discussion then i'm sure who knows what will happen by then right mm. hopefully good things nothing hopefully good things, things. right so <laughs> thank you all for watching and we will see you in two weeks take care bye-bye right, bye. bye. thanks for listening to this episode of the galactic driftwood podcast for more information and past episodes please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>